0: on how to walk in the Spirit, and this is an infographic that I created about nine months ago, but this is the first time it's out in print. Well, I I began to create it about nine months ago, and we're going to go through about half of this, so I'm going to pray in a moment. This is 10 ways to be naturally supernatural. 10 Ways to be Naturally Supernatural, and we'll work through about five of these. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. My notes are a diagram, a mind map, and I felt to do something a little bit different today. So let's turn to Galatians chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 13. verse 13 and I'm gonna pray again and then I'm gonna lead you in a prayer father thank you for this time in your word we are at your table Lord we are feasting on fresh bread you are teaching us your ways you are showing us Jesus you're revealing to us Jesus thank you Lord for the privilege of sharing your word Help me, Lord, give me the words, let life flow out. And let these not just be words that we hear with our ears, but may we really shema them, may we really hear them, even as we sung about, shema Yisrael. Lord, let us hear and take it to heart and obey. And I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now. Um, If I can get you to put your hands on your heart and pray with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. So today, how to walk in the Spirit. Let's start by reading Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But I say walk by the Spirit. It can also be translated as walk in the Spirit. But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Well, just pause right there. The flesh has many desires, and these desires are contrary to what God wants, contrary to His Spirit. And here Paul is giving us the simple way to actually overcome those desires. And he says, walk by the Spirit, or walk in the Spirit. Say that with me, walk in the Spirit. spirit. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. This is a different way of walking. This is a different way of living than what the ordinary person does. The ordinary person in this world who does not know Jesus does not have the Spirit of God. But when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes in you, and that is the Spirit of life. And it's from that source that we are to walk. And when we walk in the Spirit, we walk on a higher level, and we overcome the desires of our flesh. We'll talk a little bit more about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Actually, before I even read any more of this passage, I want to explain to you about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means walking in the Spirit's presence. It means God's presence is with you. So it means walking in that intimacy with the Spirit of God, God's own Spirit. And I want to... Let you know this is how Jesus walked. Amen. Jesus walked in the Spirit. And so, and so the reason why Paul is saying walk in the Spirit is he's trying to show us and teach us and reveal to us how Jesus walked. Amen. Jesus walked in the Spirit. That is how he lived. That is how he taught. That is how he loved people. That is how he did his miracles. That is how... He did everything. He he ate, he drank, he slept. He did it in the Holy Spirit. He didn't do it independently of God in his own flesh. The flesh is your own strength, your own power, your own ways, your own desires. And that flesh actually needs to be crucified and continually crucified. Because if it's not crucified and continually crucified, we cannot walk in the Spirit's desires. So walking in the Spirit is walking in the Spirit's presence. It's walking in the Spirit's power. Walking in the Spirit means walking in His power, God's power. It means walking in intimacy with God like we talked before. It means walking in the passion of God, that what God is passionate about, you are passionate about because the Holy Spirit within you is communicating that to your spirit. It means walking in the spirit's purpose. What's the spirit's purpose? What are his plans? Walking in the spirit means walking in his purpose and his plans. And at Bible school, we've been looking at uh, your life blueprint, and we're drawing up our life blueprint, and it's all about what is God's design and purpose for my life? And that's a good thing to meditate on. For those who are in Bible school, we are starting up tomorrow. So tomorrow we had an extra long break. We're starting up tomorrow, again, for the second half of our kingdom unit. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but now back to, back to the message here. So walking by the Spirit means walking in the Spirit's presence, power, intimacy, in, in His passion, purpose, and plans. If we keep on reading this here, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. So there is this inter- internal warfare within that can only be overcome by walking in the Spirit. And then, verse 18, Paul says, but if you are led by the Spirit. Now, just say that, led by the Spirit. That means this is how you follow Jesus. You follow Jesus by being led by the Spirit. You cannot see Him physically. You follow Him be- By being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit means the Spirit's in control. The Spirit's doing the leading. The Spirit is guiding you. It's not your flesh and everything that you want, what what pleases you, but it's all about what pleases Him. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is a higher law. It's a higher way. But... If you're led by the Spirit, you'll naturally fulfill God's Word, His law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident. Now, here we come to the scary part, but this is, if you're being led by the flesh, this is what's going to come out. Immorality, impurity, sensuality. It's talking about all that sexual sin and impurity. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft, enmities, you know, anger and hatred and fighting, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, Factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. And one of the issues in the church worldwide is why there's divisions in churches is because we're trying to be Christians in the flesh. You cannot be a Christian in the flesh. You cannot fellowship in the flesh. You cannot worship God in the flesh, though many people try to do it. It's only possible in the right way by the Spirit. But if it's not in the spirit, you'll find there will be strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Paul says, you know, I can't even list all the deeds of the flesh. There's a lot of things like these. And he says, if you are being led by the flesh, or if you're doing the works of the flesh, this is what it's going to look like, of which I forewarn you just as I forewarned you, which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we live differently as believers. We do not practice these things. When these things show up in our life, it should be a trigger setting off, oh, I am not walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. Oh, it's a warning And don't say, oh, you know, I'm condemned to hell. Get back up again. I am forgiven. I am righteous in Christ. God has a better way for me. It's the way of Jesus. It's God's way. 22, this is a famous verse, and Allison has been preaching this to us ever since she's been a little kid. And she memorized it as a little kid. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want to make it clear that it says the fruit and not the fruits because they are one. They are echad. In Hebrew, we sung about God being one, echad. They are one, echad. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So these fulfill, these fulfill the law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All these things. I want to make it clear that these things are not produced through our own flesh our own strength, our own efforts, our own behavioral modifications. But they're produced by the power of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is giving control to work in our lives. When we constantly pray, fill me with the Spirit. Now, when you walk in the Spirit, it doesn't mean you're always going to feel the greatest. Your emotions may be in pain about certain things, But what you are doing is you're overcoming your emotions, you're overcoming your reasoning by living from the Spirit. Living from the Spirit doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means you're on the way, like this grass path here, right? Patrick was here this morning, and he was spraying it, and it smells like lavender, beautiful. (laughs) He's hungry for people to come to the front and... Give their lives. You can, of course you can, you can do that right there in your chair, but this is the special altar area. Well, walking in the Spirit doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're in the perfect way. It means you're in Jesus. You're walking in His way. Sometimes we stray to the left. Holy Spirit corrects us to get back on. Sometimes we stray to the right. Come back on. Walking in the Spirit means you're walking in God's way. You're progressing. But you're not allowing your desires or your emotions or your reasoning to take control. You're being led by the Holy Spirit. And being led by the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit produces love. It's God's love. Through you. It produces joy. It's the spirit's joy through you. Amen. It produces peace. Shalom. We've been talking about that. The boots of the good news of shalom. Putting on the armor of God. We're meditating on walking because we're talking about these shoes. Putting on the boots, the shoes of the good news of peace of His shalom. And God has called us to walk in His shalom. It's His shalom coming through our lives, bearing fruit in our lives. His love, His joy, His peace, His shalom, His patience, His kindness, His goodness, His faithfulness, His gentleness, His self-discipline, His self-control. Hallelujah. Again, this is how Jesus walked and when the scripture talks about walk it is meaning how we live our everyday life so a number of the newer translations i think they miss out on they miss out on the imagery here paul is specifically talking about walking the newer translations will translate that as living so we live in the spirit it's the same thing but the idea of walking that is the graphic picture that's all throughout the bible and that paul is picking up here is this whole idea of walking one step in front of the other it's meaning a living every day and what god is calling his church to worldwide is to be living in the spirit every day walking it out in our family in our communities in our workplaces. And then other people get to taste that fruit of God's fruit of love. Oh, that's a good fruit. That draws them. That's like a net drawing them into the kingdom. They get to taste, oh, the joy. How is it that you have so much joy? That's when my mom was passing away. Now, let me just say that this has a, been a tough couple weeks for me emotionally. I have had to really keep on putting this into practice because this is the season and time, and it was five years ago, but it's the season and time when my mom passed away. She was battling with cancer for a long time, and then she passed away. And one of the things that helped me was to go back to New York and be with my family. And that kind of helped. But lately, because of everything going on and the COVID stuff, I haven't been able to go back and somehow, even though I'm not trying to, deep down in my soul, there is a, a pain, a, a confusion, a something that, like, a, like a raging storm, which I'm not even trying to think about. And this is why, through these weeks, I need to constantly remember, walk in the Spirit. I am not going to walk by, emotion, my, by my emotions, by my grieving, by my pain. I have to walk by the power of the Spirit. I have to walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, I'm going to be like everybody else out there. I'm not going to be like Jesus. Are you hearing me? I'm just trying to be open about what I've been walking through. Well, at our house, you can't walk out of the Spirit for a few minutes because everybody is on you. The moment you have, in our house, the moment you have an attitude or anything that doesn't <laughs> reflect Jesus, the rest of the family is on you. And I had been thinking about this. This is a, on our family culture. I don't know what it's like in, in your cult, family culture, but it has to do with accountability. Our family is keeping each other accountable. And one time I, I was upset, and I was yelling, and Anna says you can't be like that. <laughs> so she's right, and we won't mention it. I'll just mention my sins, not everybody else's sins. <laughs> but there is, we keep each other in check, and we pray for one another. Hallelujah. We love you, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. As it goes on in verse 24, it says, Now those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There's a need for us to continually crucify our flesh. The flesh has all of these passions and desires, but if we're going to do God's will, it's by crucifying the flesh, but not just the crucifixion. There is the power and life of the Spirit that comes when we are totally surrendered to God. And that's, that's that love, that joy. And then when people taste that love and joy, they're tasting Jesus, and then they're drawn to Jesus. They're drawn to the Lord's love. And, and then your testimony is, Well, you know, I worked really hard. I worked so hard at being good. No, that's not your testimony, right? (laughs) Jesus worked so much in me. (laughs) I was a mess without him, but he's been chiseling away. He's been pruning me. He's filled me with his life. The goodness that you see, if there's any goodness, if there's any life, it's from him. My boast is in him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live but not I, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. So that this brings us to our little infographic here. And we won't go through all of these, but the Lord began to speak to me during the, during when we were at, in Queensland, we, when we were emerging from COVID. I found this as a pastor a difficult time um, because we started to meet together, but not everybody came back and there was only a small group of us. Uh, and I was thinking, where are the people that I've been discipling? Where? where's the congregation? And through all of that, the Lord began to speak to me about how to walk in the Spirit and how to teach all of us to walk in the Spirit. And so they're just simple points. The first one there on the top, is a little graphic there, that guy walking. That's inspired by Eva and the kids. (laughs) like a little Roblox guy (laughs) walking on the top of there. We start on the top. It says, walk softly. To walk in the Spirit, we need to walk softly. What does it mean? And what do I mean by walking softly? I mean walking in such a way that you know that God's presence is with you. His covenant is that His presence is with you. For those at home. I don't know if it's focusing, but it looks like that. (laughs) It's Walking softly means walking in the fear of God. It means not just trampling and doing your own thing and treading down everything. We need to trample the enemy. But with God, we walk softly with a quiet spirit in reverence and in the fear of the Lord. This is how you walk in the Spirit. Know that God's presence is with you. That's why He died on the cross. That's His covenant for you. Uh, Sorry, that's His covenant with you, that He would be with you and in you. And know that God's presence is with you. And so because God's presence is with you, He knows you. And so walk in that reverence, With him. If we can go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Anna and I have been talking about this passage, this prayer of Paul. And when Paul is praying, it's like one big sentence. And to me, I see it as Paul is flowing in the Spirit. The river, the Spirit of life is flowing out of him. And when we look at Paul praying, it's a template for us. It teaches us. It's a model for us. Paul is teaching us how to pray, and we need to pray apostolically and prophetically, not in our flesh but by the power of the Holy Spirit. The prophets prayed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The prophets prayed, moved by the Spirit. So the very things that they prayed, that was God's desires revealed to them. They prayed by the strength of the Holy Spirit. They prayed by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And so knowing the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit is the difference between our own religion and the kingdom. Our own religion will always fall short. It's a tower of our own flesh. But the way of the kingdom is different. It's the way of the Spirit. It's life and peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So here he's praying and it's just flowing out of him. He's explaining how he's praying for the Colossians. And there's a writer, as he's speaking, there's a writer writing all this. And this is why it sounds in this way. But I want you to listen to the key words. Listen to the words that have weight in it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. We have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruits in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So what does this mean? He's showing you how he's praying. We need to pray in the same way, in the same manner. Well, it all starts with him praying that they are filled with the knowledge of his will. God wants us all filled with the knowledge of his will. When we're praying for one another, we should pray that each of us is filled with the knowledge of his will. Lord fill Patrick with the knowledge of your will. Fill Lizzie with the knowledge of your will. Fill little Eva here with the knowledge of your will. Fill Morocco with the knowledge of your will. And Morocco is a special place because that's where my mom was born. That's where my mom grew up. And then she migrated. She migrated to New York. That's all before I knew you. <laughs> but a special place, very multicultural in Casablanca where my mom grew up, and quite different, quite different. I remember my grandmother, You know, she came from that area, Libya and my grandfather from Tunisia, all that northern African area. These people were very different than the Americans. And they were my grandparents, but I used to think they're a lot different. And, you know, my grandmother was a bit rough, you know, the harshness of life over there and all the different terrorist attacks and everything that was going on. Well, when people see us, they should think, well, they're a bit different. Where are they? Where are they from? What country are they from? But not because we're harsh or anything like that. But we are carrying the presence of God with us. We're from the heavenly country, God's kingdom. So there's something different about that person. I can't put my finger on it. This is somebody who's just coming maybe not yet coming to the Lord, but they're, they're, they're being drawn. They know there's something different, as they say in the French, the, uh, je ne sais quoi. There's something different, something that I can't put in words. But And that's my mom's native language there, French, but I, I've lost it. <laughs> and uh, this there's something I cannot put in words, but they are different. This is what happens when we walk in the Spirit. So here it's saying, be filled with the knowledge of His will. And then, it go, then Paul goes on to say, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What is he meaning here? Because this is a hard... It, it, it kind of translates a little bit clunky. Uh, he's meaning that the knowledge of God's will comes to us through the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God reveals to us wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of God gives us God's wisdom and understanding. We think we know how to do things. We plan it, our own strength. We do it this way, that way. We do it based on what our parents taught us. But there is a higher way. There is a higher wisdom. And that is God's wisdom. And God's wisdom comes... From two, sauces, two sources, or one source, but they go together and it's through his word and through his spirit. And the two go together. You can't divorce the one from the other. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And God has joined his scripture and his spirit together. And when we have this knowledge of his will that comes from the Holy Spirit, from the spirit of wisdom and understanding... We are able to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. We, he wants us, Paul is wanting us to, his heart, and this heart comes from the Holy Spirit, this longing of God is that we walk in a way that is worthy of the Lord, worthy of his blood, worthy of his sacrifice, worthy of his name which we've been lifting up. And oh, I loved Cats. Worship this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. It's such a such a beautiful time, uplifting time. Worthy, make His praise glorious. Amen. And then, if I sing that, Anna will make fun of me all week. <laughs> <laughs> make His praise glorious, and and we do that through singing, but also through. Living it out. Walking it out. Every day, one step after another. Walking softly before God. Not just running and doing our own thing. Walking softly before God. Not just running and doing our own thing. Then Paul explains that as we walk in this way, it bears fruit. And he's praying that as we walk in this way, we please him and bear fruit in every good work, the fruit of the Spirit, he later talks about in Galatians. Increasing in knowledge of God. We'll just stop there and, and go over to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. I love it when I just turn the Bible right open to it. I, how many times has God helped this weak preacher? <laughs> it's like puts a, a verse on my heart and then I turn right to it there's a lot of pages in the Bible so we're talking about walking softly walking, walk softly walk simply walk slowly walk one step at a time and walk sanctifying That's all we're going to focus on this morning, and we're actually coming to an end soon. Walk softly, walk simply, walk slowly, walk one step at a time, walk sanctified. This is how we walk in the Spirit. And right here, I want to focus on that. Walking slowly, God needs to slow us down. Because we are running off and doing our own things. We are being led by our desires and pleasing people rather than pleasing him. So he wants us to walk slowly, to slow down, to pause, and to pray. And if we don't slow down, pause, and pray, we're going to find that we are running ahead of God. And sometimes people get lazy. We're not talking about being lazy here. Walk slowly. Be lazy we're talking about keeping in step keeping in step with the holy spirit and coming into his presence well we're going to see here this prophecy of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 11 about 6 to 700 years before Jesus actually was born and it says here in Isaiah 11:1 then a shoot Will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. We've been talking about fruitfulness. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We've been seeing Paul's desire in Colossians 1 that we bear fruit. And here we see that Jesus is like a branch, describing him like a tree or like a vine that bears fruit. And then how is this possible? I I believe that as Paul was meditating on the Hebrew Scriptures, that is where the New Testament comes out of. And that is where his thoughts of the fruit of the Spirit and these prayers come from. Right from here, as well as other places, but especially from here in Isaiah chapter 11, we go to verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So here we're seeing how Jesus lived, who he was. The spirit of Yahweh will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. So here the spirit is described as wisdom and understanding. And here's the good news. You've been saved, right? God's wisdom is inside of you. It's just listening to that wisdom, slowing down enough to listen. Slowing down enough for him to give you understanding. Coming to that place where you stop, you pause, and you take the shoes off of your feet. Now think about Moses. Moses sees this bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. He's attracted by it. He turns to see. God says, wait, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes or take off your sandals for the place where you're standing This place is holy ground. So take off your shoes. And he had been with those shoes, those sandals for 40 years, shepherding his father-in-law's flock, Jethro. He had had those shoes on because they protected his feet. They represented his work, his life. They also represented a certain dignity. But God says, I want you to take off your shoes. And so he has to spend some time. He has to spend some time unlatching. That's in the Hebrew. It's, the picture is the unlatching. The unlatching of the sandals. Here I'm un, um, untying. But notice how I'm taking time. I'm even kneeling a bit here. But take some time to take off your shoes. It's a, this is respect. If you go into an Asian home and uh, other cultures too, you would take off your shoes before going into the house because you don't want to bring the dirt and the uncleanliness into the house. But also taking your shoes off means that you're not in a rush You're not going to be running out. You're there to stay and to listen. And here God is the host in Exodus chapter 3. And God is saying, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. You need to stop. You need to receive. You need to take in my life. You need to take in my words. Because after this, you're going to be walking totally differently. When you put those shoes on, they are for a different purpose. They're for setting my people free. And this is what God longs for, for Australia and for his people, to be set free. And you are called to be his Moseses, the deliverers, those who stand up. But before you can stand up to Pharaoh, you need to stop. Take off your shoes. Listen. What is his will? What is his purpose? Now Moses struggled with that. We see the struggle of Moses' flesh. No, send someone else, not me. Who am I? And that's our flesh. Our flesh is like Moses. We don't accuse Moses. We are all like that, especially when God is calling us to crucify our flesh. We are all like that, all. Who am I? I can't do it. Insecure. And yet the Lord says, I am with you. That's the, that's the meaning of God's name, His, Him being so close to us. God's name, Yahweh, yud vav Hey. I am who I am. And in that word, the sound of the hay is like the sound of breath. It's it's what the Lord is communicating to him is, I am your breath. There's a lot that the Lord is communicating through this. I mean, we could talk hours and hours on God's name. There's, There's much there. But I am so close to you. I'm your breath. I am with you, I am hearing you, I am listening to you. How beautiful is the Lord's presence. But we have to take off our shoes and stop and walk slowly and pause to just really take it in. The good thing about Moses is, ultimately, he says, yes, but we don't hear it in that story. But in order for him to stand against Pharaoh, he needs to first stop. And this is what I want us to see. He needs to slow down. He needs to stop. He needs to walk sanctified. He needs to come into that holy ground and find rest in God, find Sabbath in God. He needs... The Holy Spirit's wisdom. The Holy Spirit's understanding. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Notice that word rest. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Back to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and strength. The Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. And righteousness will be the belt of about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Here we have a hint of the armor of God here, God's very own clothing, God's very own armor, Jesus' very own armor in Isaiah. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. So when Moses is stopping, he takes off his shoes. He's not in a rush. Anymore. He's not running anymore. He's not doing his own work. He's entering into the Lord's rest and the Lord's work. When he does that, he is receiving the spirit of wisdom and understanding. God's wisdom, God's understanding, God's plan, his counsel, God's plan, God's strength, his might. He's receiving the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord. And he delights in that. So we see Jesus is walking softly, walking simply because he knows the Father's will and he lives with that singleness of purpose to carry God's presence, to be led by the Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit in oneness with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is walking slowly, he slows down, he pauses, he prays, he goes up to the mountain to pray, he gets alone to pray. He's even resting when there's the storm in the boat. You see, he's slowing down. And he's walking one step at a time. Sometimes we are focusing so much on our future, our future, that we need to remember that we need to walk one step at a time. As we walk one step after another, God's revelation unfolds to us. Focus on the next step rather than figuring out the future. What does God have me to do next? What is the next step? Focus on the next step rather than figuring out the future. And lastly here, walk sanctified. We're just covering five. Walk sanctified. Be holy. Turn away from sin. You're entering holy ground. You're entering holy ground. This is a pattern for our life. Every day, we want to start with holiness. Every day, we want to start with taking off our shoes, coming into God's presence, stopping and pausing, ceasing from our own work, resting, listening, and receiving. So every day we should have this burning bush experience where we're coming, taking off our shoes, stopping and listening. And when we listen and we receive, then we can go and carry out our day. And especially in times of opposition, we need to remember what God originally said, his original blueprint, his original word. Think about Moses. Moses had a word from God, but it took 10 times of coming to Pharaoh before God's people were truly let go. 10 times of every time he faced Pharaoh, he received the opposite of what the word of God said. God said he would set, the people free, but every time he faced Pharaoh, it was opposition. Now, Pharaoh is like the devil. There's many times in our life we're not seeing the fullness of the word fulfilled, but that means we need to stand on what God originally said and not give up. Continue to stand. Continue to go back. What did he say? What did he say? What was his words to me? What were his promises to me? What did he say when I took my shoes off and I spent time in his presence where he was revealing to me his counsel, his plan? And so I want to say, always go back to that because we will experience opposition. But ultimately, as we stand and we walk in the Spirit, we overcome that and we bear Good fruit. The Spirit produces good fruit in us. Amen. So, lastly, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And just reading this prayer again, Paul's desire. And prayer for the people, teaching us to pray and teaching us God's will. For this reason, also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. What is it meaning there? It's not just head knowledge. It's knowing God intimately, knowing His heart. Strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints, in light. Amen. So again, walk softly. Walk simply. Walk slowly. Walk one step at a time. And walk sanctifying. Let's all stand and we're going to pray. Father, we just... Stop right now and we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you're teaching us to walk differently. This has been a message that's been on my heart for this season. Help us to walk it out the rest of today. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Help us to live out of this rest. Because if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We'll be able to overcome, we will be able to resist. No matter what's going on in our soul, even the pains we carry, your spirit is greater and your spirit heals us and your spirit empowers us and your spirit gives us your heart, Father. I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would be communicated to every heart, every soul here, Throughout the week, let this word unfold. Empowers us to be the Moseses of this generation. You have called us to set people free. You have called us to lead them in freedom. As we walk in your freedom... We lead others in freedom. So this is my prayer, Father, for us as a community, that we would walk in freedom, that we would flow with your love, that the fruit of love and joy and peace would be evident to everyone. The fruit of love, joy, and peace would be evident to everyone in our lives, in our communities. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As, we, as Anna leads us, I'm not, Kat is welcome too also. But as we just have this time, let's come into God's presence. Let's take off our shoes, even if you don't take off your shoes physically. We're talking about spiritually. Now let's listen. Listen to the Lord. Let Him minister to us. Amen. And also, this infographic, if you can take good care of it, because it costs a little money. (laughs) But take good care of it. I hope it blesses you. You can use it to reflect on the word this week. So let's come. You can come to the little altar area here if you'd like. You can be where you are at.